0: Um, yeah. The New York city mayoral race is huge. It's, it's mo it's the same number of people who vote in that than do in some States for governor. Okay. Like it's gigantic. And you know, this is coming off the back of Iowa 2020 or uh, 2019. Or, yeah, it was 2020. I'm sorry. Early 2020 with the, you know, explicitly run by the democratic party. Um, that, that caucus, just like this one was, and and again, this isn't me like dunking on the party or anything. Obviously, I'm not saying like, oh, they were in on it. No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is for pe- for the layperson, observing politics and constantly watching how there's all of these issues in our democracy when it comes to actual voting, this is why Republicans can pass dumb shit like, oh, <laughs> you can't, uh, n- you can't no one can send anyone absentee ballots. It has to be requested. You can't mm-hmm. even nudge and remind people that it's a, uh, that you can absentee vote. Um, what? No, you need to show ID. I need to see a fucking light bill before you can vote. This is what enables them to do this shit is these mm-hmm. constant fuck-ups because – and I get it. These folks are under pressure. A lot of these people who do this work aren't even paid. I understand, but it's like, please, triple check, but, quadruple check. How the fuck do you release 150,000 fake votes? And it ran, pattern. how many days was it?
1: I don't know, like four or five uh, at four least. Four or
0: five days it was in the fucking but, initial counts.
1: But this I mean, is comp- so it's such malpractice because, you know, if you look at it all together, you have, this is the first time they've done rank choice voting. Right. The fucking first time they've done rank. This is on, off the back of a contentious fucking... Uh, Election for president, where there was a ton of you know heat on Mm -hmm. so many states about you know the integrity of our elections. All this does now is, and Eric fucking what's his face, Adams. Eric Adams, you know, he's using it obviously to kind of obviously throw shade. Mm -hmm. Um, but it all it does is it, it provides fodder for the fucking the the same people who are trying to get votes thrown out across the
0: country in different races and, and presidential races yeah it gives fuel to anti-democratic actors in our yeah. politics That it's plain and simple and and, yeah. and that's what's so crazy to me is all these national level politicians go on and on and pontificate about the importance of democracy and all this mm-hmm. blah 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 and it's like okay well um you know now, not that I mean, we'll we'll get into this larger topic with the Arizona thing later. But it's like, mm-hmm. man, you guys really should start like really, uh, you know, we, we got to start working on this stuff because you want to talk about like January sixth, uh, QAnon, all these things, these natural conspiratorial uh, theorizations that happen when you know culture moves too fast or you know there's perceived slights around electoralism. You can't afford to have these super basic fuck ups happening with this type of regularity. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just and that, and you know, it really gets to the point where it's like, you know, what I said a few episodes ago where it's like, man, this is happening so much. Like, it's almost like it's on purpose, not by the party, but like something or someone mm-hmm. like like it's on purpose. How are you fucking up a test number of one hundred and fifty thousand votes and letting it rock for days and yeah. no one caught it? How, there, Who's think, monitoring that? shit? Think coming. of how many auditors there are, Pattern. Yeah. Think of how many auditors there are. There's people who check the count of the person who checked the count of the guy who checked the last count, and we're talking about days. I mean, that's just.
1: Oh, so I I guess the overall consensus though is they still think that uh, Eric Adams is going to win, or is was it Maya? Who's the progressive candidate, Maya? Maya
0: Wiley, I guess. I mean,
1: Maya Wiley is close. She's a close second, but. I, and I believe from these test ballots, she was up from it, which is why Eric Adams was pissed, naturally.
0: Right, right. right. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, it's from everything I read, it still holds true from what I read, like, you know, the night we were at uh, Omar's party, um, you know, because they voted, that was their first day too. Yeah, yeah. It, it's all pretty much, all the projections still hold pretty much the same that, yeah, Adams is out too hugely, but it's going to come down to the second, uh, you know, second choices. And they're, yeah. they're saying that we're not going to know that until probably like a couple of weeks. Busting and I'm sure out. this isn't going to help. No. You know. Oh, man. Yep. So, hey, <laughs> you know, I mean, all my, my thing is this. Like, for, I, I get it. Like, people who get upset, <clears throat> you know, and especially folks, I'm talking to folks on the left right now. Because there's a lot of, I know a lot of people on the left. I listen to a lot of media figures on the left. I know a bunch of people personally who, you know, they get disappointed by this shit because, like, you know, a bunch of weird, funny stuff happened with Bernie's campaigns. And, it, you know, it seems like. Hey, is the is the fix in and, you know, I'll be the first person to tell you, like, there's like basically historical evidence that like JFK had mob uh, ties, uh, fucking with elections. Like, yeah, it's happened. in history. it's happened in history. We can point to it. It's not like any person who's trying to tell you like, oh, American democracy is pristine and has never been. That's just a lie. And it's it's fantasy talk. But yeah, at at the same time, that doesn't mean you forgo it because there is no other option. Let's keep it super real. Look to the stack. historical context. If you are on the left, democracy is the only way you will ever have political power. Yep. The only way.
1: And that's a good that's a good segue into I think what's happening in in Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. With uh, the Supreme Court slapping down, basically, they take another bite out of the Voting Rights Act um, with the sixty three decision. It'll make it much harder to challenge states' restrictive laws. And we've covered this extensively, I think, um, in, you know, one of our early, earlier episodes, you know, the amount of states that were, you know, just throwing out bills and seeing what would stick in order to attack, um, you know, voting rights. Uh, There's no two ways about it. Um, So we've seen, uh, you know, Democrats trying to fight this. We've seen what's been happening in Texas. Arizona has been one of the most... I guess uh you know closely looked at ones there's been recounts after recounts and I, I kind of lost track of what they were actually doing there at one stage they were recounting the recount again or I, yeah, don't, know. I don't know what was,
0: like they were all their, their their party was actually split the Republican party on that too at, at the end yeah I, I don't know what's been happening there I mean but this is a perfect example of like I think I mentioned it on the last episode or the one before. Like it's states like Arizona, Wisconsin, like these states that, you know, you'll get one senator for each party that are per- like habitually purple, but typically lean blue. Like these are I'm telling you, like people were all excited about Georgia. Oh, by the way, this um this Supreme Court ruling actually completely decimates the DOJ's lawsuit against uh, Georgia for their because remember, Georgia was the first state yeah. that, you know, at post insurrection started uh, uh, putting forward new voting laws. Um, you know, under extreme pressure, they took the power from their secretary of state. The state house did. They revoked a ton of his powers over elections and took it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these these laws that they put in place in Georgia put strict constraints on ballot drop boxes. It uh, barred election officials from sending absentee ballot applications to people um, and adds identification requirements for voting by mail. And again... You know, I just had a conversation with a guy I worked with uh, previously, um, like a buddy of mine, where he was like, you know, he's he's he was apolitical, but he's, he dove more into it, like, upon meeting me, because anyone who knows me knows that that's, like, 90% of what I talk about. Um, you can't it's be a good, friends with, He's a good time, I promise. Yeah, you can't be friends with me and not talk about politics. It's impossible. But the... He was like, you know, ask me like, well, is it really voter suppression to ask people for voter ID? And it's like, yeah, anything that makes it so uh 1% of people won't vote is by definition voter suppression. Yeah, yeah. you're suppressing it. I was like, Mike, if I put a pillow an inch from your mouth, are you going to breathe as well? I'm not stopping you from breathing. Right. But I'm, it's in your head. It, it's, it's a tactic. Yeah, it's a I'm, tactic. I'm putting it yeah. right in front of your face. You don't know if I'm going to put it there or not it's just one more thing you're putting an, an extra even if it's a tiny hurdle that you can literally just step right over it's not even up to your knee it doesn't matter right.
1: um,
0: but yeah i'm sorry uh it, it's just yeah. what i thought
1: was interesting though was the, the the dissents from some of the justices to kind of um you know outlining what they thought were the the reasons for and against you know typically with the supreme court Ruling, there'll be uh, dissenting justices giving their opinions on it, and not mm-hmm. just voting. Um, Justice Alito outlined a few guideposts that courts should consult when examining challenges under Section Two. For starters, they should scrutinize the size of the racial disparity. He's talking specifically about you know some of the issues that um, Branovich versus the Dem- the DNC. Um, the impact on racial minorities of the Arizona voting laws at issue, nullifying ballots cast in the wrong precinct and limiting who may collect absentee ballots seem to spur little alarm among the justices during the oral argument on March 2nd. So um, preliminary ballots, correct me if I'm wrong, Ramon, you might have a better idea uh, mm-hmm. uh, on on this than me, but basically with this this new kind of ruling, if you vote in the wrong precinct, your your vote really doesn't count. But preliminary votes, if you're voting in state elections, should still count. It's only if you're voting it, what with preliminary ballots. Am I right?
0: Um, Provi- I would sorry, have to... provisional ballots. Oh, provisionals. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Pro- well, but the thing is, provisional ballots have always been sketchy all over the country. Anyway, um, you know that's why they people always like if you listen to any, uh, um. You know, people who work electorally in your party, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, they'll always tell you, like, do not do it. Don't do it. Because they're yeah. the easiest thing for any court, any person that's running a race to get thrown the fuck out. And the Supreme Court basically just made them meaningless now at this point if this carries over through, um, you know, more states. Because that's the important thing here is that this sets precedent. Right. Um, But it, it, the real, you know, provisional ballots, uh, that's probably like, you know the The biggest concern here is the fact that they're putting all these restrictions around absentee ballots, which mm-hmm. you know that's that's a huge problem, especially in you know, a lot of states that have large metropolitan city centers where mm-hmm. people you know are on business, not there, whatever. like you you can catch a lot of you you can eliminate a lot because again, like the the regular mathematical equation holds true here. The less people that vote, the better odds Republicans have a victory. Right. And that's all we're talking about here. And, and that's it really the name of the game for them. And it really is just shocking because it's like, you know, folks like you just quoted, you know, this is they basically eliminated Article two of the Voting Rights Act It's gone. Like this this act has just been getting fucking like Caesar in Rome. Like it's just getting mm-hmm. stabbed repeatedly over like the last 12 years or so. It's gone now. It's gone now. Um, yeah. Uh, and if you add that to the fact that, you know, this is something that I think we talked about it before when we were talking about a couple. Was it? I can't remember what episode it was where, you know, I was railing about Joe Manchin and, you know, what they were uh, proposing him and uh, his the voting rights. Yeah, bill? The, his his voting rights bill. And this is exactly what I was saying where I was like, hey, you know, it's good. Hey, let's have Election Day be a national holiday and all this other stuff. But it's like mm. we're not doing anything to because that because that's really where we're at now, folks. Like just to again, like just zoom out. That's where we're at right now. Like the Supreme Court is done this is what on anything that's important when it comes to what party will be positioned to hold power in the long term like voting rights um it, you want to talk about Roe v Wade things that will fire up bases on either or side this is the exact ratio we're gonna get six three six mm-hmm. three six three six three yeah it's gonna keep happening over and over again so now if you're Joe Biden if you're the Democratic party, you have to understand the urgency of this situation. The only thing you can do um, and, it, uh, and real quick before I get to that strategy point, like it's it, this is why because that the DOJ had a lawsuit going against Georgia to stop their voting rights laws that they put in place. This shit takes years sometimes to reach the Supreme Court if they right. even decide to take it. So if you're in the Democratic cockpit right now, you have to be looking at it like, okay, the best thing that we can do right now if we want to preserve democracy, We have to blitz out legislation. We cannot fuck around. We're already in a losing position in the long term. So you have to start asserting yourself in a way where you're putting the Republicans back in the reactionary position because they're on the attack right now. You have to start pumping out that legislation like right now, like tomorrow, because this is what's going to keep happening. This is precedent setting you're never going to retake the court not in the next two democrat presidencies unless you know brett Kavanaugh fucking drinks himself to death one night or something (laughs) you know i just it's just the reality of it's the hard brass text (laughs) and that's why like because i was just listening to that episode and it's like i feel so i was listening to myself talk about what we were talking about the joe manchin thing and it's like man i fucking hate how like i feel like i'm so i sound so defeatist and so pessimistic but it's like no this is like the reality like we're facing like a Fuck it! It's David versus Goliath here, folks. Mm
1: -hmm. Like the more the more that this shit happens, uh, and I've said we said I've said it on an episode as well, but like I'm kind of pissed that fucking what's her face Rgb didn't step aside sooner. (sighs) Like she should have stepped aside a few years ago. Let's be real;
0: she was sick for like seven years. Yeah, yeah. And then you had another.
1: You know, liberal justice who just resigned during
0: Trump's fucking term. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> well, what, no, you, but that's, what do you this think is, this is? I don't, bl- I don't blame someone for being like, hey, I'm 80, I'm gonna stop now. I don't blame that guy. I blame the person who's <laughs> like, I've had cancer seven times, but right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I am, I am so caught up in smelling my own prestige that I will not leave.
1: That's the reality of it, and you know, I tip the hat to everything she's she did. Sure. I guess for being like the first in, and the you know, the you know, breaking that glass ceiling, so to speak. Sure. But the more that I see these things play out, the more that I I I feel like it was it was super kind of short sighted of her to fucking to Absolutely. just stick in there, uh, you know, much like. Or t- we talk about Diane Feinstein and how you know she's been getting pressure. Yeah,
0: it's the same thing. No different. Yeah, just because it's appointed or elected, it doesn't matter. You have to be realistic with yourself with what your body is capable of doing and what position you're gonna leave the ideologies you claim to support in. After uh, you I mean leave. the
1: biggest, the biggest fucking attack on democracy right now are these voting rights. Are the the attack on voting rights right now, and it's by Republicans. And it's because Republicans know that if they can do that, if they can prohibit people from voting or make it more difficult, that increases their chances along with their gerrymandering and other tactics. So that's just the reality of it.
0: Yeah, man. I try not to focus on it too much because it's like, first of all. I feel like the left is forever in a position where you're, we're never going to like be in a good spot with the courts just simply because of like, you know, we talked about it on super early episodes, like the heritage foundation on the right, like the, the, the Republicans have an entire infrastructure built around controlling and having a power and having being in a powerful position throughout the entire country of every level of the judicial system. And Democrats mm-hmm. just have no inclination to do that. There's no money behind it. There's no anything. So on that level, we're just gonna be at like a permanent disadvantage. So I've resigned myself to that yeah well i think like again like okay so that's all the more reason to be make sure that you can you every every democrat on a national level has the the idea has the game plan in their head like okay we just need to be legislative bullies then like good luck Republican. you sure you can have the courts have fun turning shit over two three years after america got a taste of it you know what i mean because that's right. really look at the aca yeah. look at the aca mm-hmm. if even though people hated you know Obamacare quote unquote, you've seen all the different uh, studies and videos people have done where like, oh, I hate Obamacare, but don't fu- don't mess around with my uh, my Medicaid you know or whatever mm-hmm. or whatever not realizing that all these things are the fucking same um, if not for the efficacy of now granted, a lot of people hated Obamacare. I didn't like it for technical reasons, but it did save a lot of people you know from death. It did it. it Yeah. And I mean it just provided more care. It did save a ton of people. And if not for that, I mean, I get that, you know, obviously public pressure doesn't really influence Supreme Court stuff on its face, but I think that just like what we were saying with the RGB situation, like the adulation that she got, the you know, the the and you know, or deservedly, you know what I mean? I'm not saying undeservedly these people do like think me and Kate were just talking about the other day. Like, like, uh, what is it? Serena Williams, uh, got hurt at Wimbledon or whatever. And Kate was like, isn't she like 40? Why doesn't she just retire? Like she has kids. Like I was like same reason Michael Jordan didn't retire. Same reason Tom Brady's Mm -hmm. still playing when you're the greatest, it's gotta be hard. You have, everyone loves you. Everyone's telling you how great you are. Mm -hmm. You know, I I don't even remember where I was going with this, but but I'm trying to like, (laughs) I'm trying to get people in the mindset that these folks are people too. That's all I'm saying. like, as much as we want yeah. them to like for, uh, go on the ideological crusade or do what we think is the right thing they're smelling their own farts man i'm telling you right now yep. like they fucking love being them and they love just they got them robes what? on everybody's oh yes justice you know what i'm telling you yeah. it puts this I mean, shit it's on a, a whole pinnacle other
1: level. for any judge it's like it's the supreme court right. um i think this this paragraph that i read in the economist kind of wraps up everything we've been talking about perfectly he's like With, quote, with the Voting Rights Act now a dead letter for all but vote dilution cases, efforts to draw electoral districts to dampen the influence of minority votes, attention turns across the street from the Supreme Court to Capitol Hill. Democrats in Congress have set voting protections as a top legislative priority, but universal Republican opposition and Reticence of several members of their own party to bend filibuster rules may make the eff- that effort, like the fight in the courts, an uphill battle. And that's basically what you just said. Yeah. Uh, um, and you know, as like we we're talking about Obama. It's, it's, like,
0: it's not even an uphill battle, yeah. it's an unending hill. It it, yeah. it will not end. We are destined to roll that boulder for life. That's just a fact people gotta deal with, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is, man. <laughs> yeah. Because if you look at voting, right,
1: um, it's still pretty archaic in the sense that, you know, how we do it. I think the biggest advancements to it were like some of these voting machines and, you know, absentee voting and all that were some of the, the, the newer things. But like, it's still kind of the same way it's been for like years and years and years. So with with these types of pushbacks, what is going to change in the next fifty years to make it easier for people to vote? There's not much more you can. I, I mean, there's not much more you can suggest or do. Mm-hmm. That's already been slapped down or are kind of trying to pushed away by the the Republicans.
0: Well, I mean, and, and to be honest with you, it's the thing is like you know we've had these conversations before, like and like you know people like um huge people with huge platforms like Joe Rogan, uh, you know any Andrew Yang, like. Uh, a ton of people have already said like, Hey, the technology's there. Why don't we do anything different? And I'll tell you the answer It's because everyone's paranoid and doesn't trust anyone. That's why yeah. you, you don't think yeah. people in Europe will start doing electronic voting attached to like their fucking mailing address or their social security with what I know they don't have social security numbers there, but like, you know, whatever their I, gov- government ID number yeah. is or whatever, yeah. they yeah. will do it way before we will, because we're so worried and do not trust anyone that we're going to be right. stuck in this. And, and part of that is why, you know, like my argument for why I think pa- continuing to have, if we do move to some new f- phase of voting, I think having backup paper ballots is still important and crucial. A lot of people sure. will say like, we should move away from that because they think that it's, you know, viable to fraud or vulnerable to fraud, but anything is. But right. I think that we're going to be just stuck in this perpetual, the same way we have been. It's like, this is like, th- I feel like I say this like every other episode, like we're not It it seems like shit's changing and evolving, but it's really not. It's just like a new fucking, uh, a new costume America's wearing, like, every couple years. Uh, It really hasn't changed. Like, ever since 2000, uh, election, no one fucking trusts the other side. Um... And it's getting worse. a ton of, ton of Republicans, people like, uh, um... What's his name there? The Pinstripe Man himself. Uh, that we keep talking about blanket Roger Stone. There's a there's Roger a ton Stone. of people on the right who basically live by the credo like if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. You know what I mean? Like right. that's where we're at with this shit, man. I mean that <laughs> that is tactics. That that's is where tactics. we're at with this shit. Yeah. Like let's keep it real, man. I just I, I don't know. All I know is if you if we turn people out and overwhelm the numbers, it's undeniable, and that's honestly the only reason that you know, Biden what? got Biden, Biden. got crowned this year was because he, he so, won convincingly. Because if that had been closer, I think it would have been a lot different. So if you look at the
1: two things that could uh, you know, overwhelmingly increase turnout to vote. Two simplest things you could fucking do right now. Automatic registration mm-hmm. and make fucking election day a holiday. Sure. Those two things easy. would make it so fucking easy. Why isn't that, like, why is there resistance to that? We know why. Because they know that it would increase turnout. For sure. So they, they've been trying to stop that. That's all we need to, to say. Uh, you know, all these other laws that we kind of put the, the red flag up, that states were doing this, that's all taken out of that playbook. Uh, so everything that comes after that, and now the Supreme Court backing all of that up, I, I'm waiting. I'm kind of a, a pessimist on this too. I don't really see, no. uh, you know, uh, how it's going to like ease up where this is not going to be a battle for the next, I don't know how many years, but well, it's
0: like, we've talked about yeah. a bunch of times before. Like this is, uh, we talked about it in the sense, uh, I think it was in the, through the lens of like coronavirus and stuff, how things went like America is 50 little countries. Uh, and that's how the people who live in those States view themselves. You know, it's easy for European countries to just be like, okay, we're all going to do this thing, you know, because they like have some national identity. We don't have a national identity in this country. We have an identity around some rights that we all kind of loosely agree on. But for the most part, like, oh, I'm a New Yorker. I'm, you know, I'm a Floridian. I'm whatever. And then those state houses are like, fuck you, I'm making my own voting rules. So until until either Democrats sweep state houses, which isn't going to happen... It's mm-hmm. just not going to happen because these rule these laws keep getting passed and they, they control the Supreme Court. That's, that's why state houses aren't going to be taken back. Gerrymandering, all these laws are going to get put through that state houses basically have control over their BOEs and secretaries of states don't. Okay. So what's left, you know, federalization, like you have to, you have to win the hearts and minds of the people who live in this country somehow. That's the only way yeah. you're going to pierce that veil, you know, uh, other than like a decades long, painfully, methodically takeover state by state, you know, wins and losses. That's the only way, man. And I honestly, I think that the way that the party has it, Democratic Party has itself structured right now with its own ideological leanings, they're just not in any position to do that first option. I said they're just not because mm-hmm. they don't have enough buy in amongst even people in their own party let alone fucking Republicans. You yeah. know what I mean? So, I don't know. It's sad. It is sad. It is sad. It is sad. But uh, we just got to keep putting my, you know, Buffalo mares in. That's the only, you know, it's, I get, like I said, I think that's the only route. And it's sad because I never used, I didn't used to agree with that. You know, I you saw a person like Bernie take stage and literally move the over, smash the Overton window to the left in the course of five years. And that gave real hope. But it's like, Who's next? You know what I mean? You got it. There has to be a figurehead. And I don't see any. So (laughs) Me either. Me fucking either. Why did I get mad orange?
1: I'm like something from the Doopalumpa factory. You look look a lot whiter
0: than yellow than before. Do I? Yeah.
1: Weird. I'm just going to rock with it. I don't care.
0: So here, why don't we, while we're on voting, why don't we pivot to the Nina Turner story?
1: Let's, do, Let's it. do it.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna lead this one off. So go ahead. So, folks, we have our woo, our good buddy from South Carolina, Mister Jim Clyburn, the number three Democrat in the House. This is from the New York Times, by the way. I just, there's like a couple funny things in this article. Like they have the, the information's good, but like whoever wrote this, lol. Um, so, in, right in the first <laughs> sentence here, in a rare intervention into a party primary, Mister Clyburn. <laughs> <laughs> a veteran lawmaker. Mr. Flavor. <laughs> but a rare intervention into a primary battle. I mean, that's <sighs> fucking rich. Like, they're yeah. literally writing this like 2020 never happened. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like he didn't hand it to Blake. He didn't. Oh, I just, I'm not even gonna do it. But anyway, don't do, I'm it, not gonna don't do, it. do it. A veteran lawmaker in the highest ranking black <laughs> member of Congress endorsed Chantel Brown, uh, Mrs. Nina Turner's leading opponent. Now, uh, just a little background information in case anyone doesn't know who Nina Turner is. She's probably, I would argue, the strongest female politician in the country. Um, and when I say that, I mean like she goes in a room and talks to people, and you can, you know, she's got she's got the juice. Okay. Um, she mm-hmm. was she was uh, formerly in the Ohio State Senate. Um, uh, she was appointed in twenty two thousand nine or two thousand ten, I believe, and then she won. Uh, her the actual seat and was in for four years and then in 2014 she ran for Secretary of state of uh, of Ohio and lost to an establishment candidate uh, from the party. Um, so just a little background information she was also a Bernie Sanders surrogate for 2016 and 2020 uh vehemently attacked a lot of the people who did underhanded shit to Bernie that he wasn't willing to call out or go after um but look her up um so anyway so Mr Clyburn said, His decision to back Miss Chantel Brown, the chairwoman of the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party, which remember that because Cuyahoga County is huge in Ohio, folks, as far as electoralism goes. So she sort of like was next up. Um, If you ever watch election coverage of like, you know, Biden versus Trump or any of those, you go back, watch Hillary versus Trump, like you'll always hear like, oh, now coming in Cuyahoga County. It's like, it's like this most influential place in Ohio for electoralism. Um, So yeah, so. He says that his decision to back Mrs. Brown, Mr. Clyburn, his decision to back Mrs. Brown was not about Mr. Sanders or Miss Turner, who remains the favorite before the contest on August 3rd in the heavily Democratic district. But he took a swipe at what he called the sloganeering of the party's left flank, which has risen to power with calls for Medicare for all and to abolish ICE and defund the police. He says, quote, what I try to demonstrate... By precept and example, how we are to proceed as a party. When I spoke out against sloganeering like, quote, burn baby burn in the 1960s and defund the police, which I think is cutting the throat of the party. I know exactly where my constituents are. They are against that. And I am against that. So once again, just like a tsh- fucking just galaxy brain take from Mr. Clyburn here where it's like, I'm not endorsing the person running. Uh, I'm not endorsing. I don't have a problem with Miss Turner or Bernie. I don't like that. They use slogans.
1: What does that even mean, Patter? What is it? But is it in the fucking article that the candidate they're going to run against is backed by big pharma? Did he mention that? No,
0: they did not, actually. The New York Times failed to mention that. Yeah, they they failed to mention that. They did fail to mention that. I mean, hey, folks, the Times is my main paper, but they do uh, they love to omit where it's convenient. Um, I will admit that.
1: I mean, that tells you all, just because that tells you all you need to know. Uh, You know, the coffers
0: funded by Big Pharma want
1: to run a candidate that is not for Medicare for all, for obvious reasons.
0: Absolutely. Um. But yeah, so I just, you know, I, I thought it was a great story while we're on this electoral tiff here um, talking about all this because, you know, I, I honestly, I find it ironic because I know that, uh, for example, like one of Mr. Clyburn's staffers were asked uh, a similar line of questioning on this in another article I read and they were basically, um, they, uh, that person basically responded about, you know, what, what was behind his endorsement or whatever and you know, they were just like, oh, well, you know, uh, Nina Turner has been an enemy of the party. Like, you know, so like people are just throwing shots. And I just think it's amazing because this is honestly a failing mission for them. Oh, By the way, uh, this woman, um, uh, Chantel Brown, is endorsed by like Hillary Clinton, Clyburn, uh, basically has a silent endorsement of Barack Obama. If you go to her campaign page. It's a picture of her standing with him in front of American flags. Okay. So, so let you know. Pay attention, folks. That that's the sneaky. That's the sneaky endorsement, non-endorsement. Like, you mm-hmm. have to ask to use a former president's picture. You can't just fucking put that up there, okay? Uh, so they're they're sending little messages now. The reason I'm saying like this is them just like on some hopeless crew. Like literally, this is like 300 at the hot gates. They can they can they can slay a bunch of leftists on the way, but they can't hold back the horde. Uh, Nina Turner is. There's nine people in this race, and she's polling at 50% last poll that came out Mm -hmm. uh, 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 mid-June. And Mrs. Brown, uh, the woman uh, Clyburn endorses at 15%, with 21% undecided, with the other seven candidates in the race totaling a mere 11 or 13% between the seven of them. So Mm -hmm. this pretty much seems like a hopeless fight. Don't know why they're doing this. This is just a message. This is them uh circling uh you know circling the wagons around an influential uh democratic uh up-and-comer a black woman in mm-hmm. in ohio uh mrs brown and just showing people that yeah we'll flex for our people and anyone who is still and again so this is this right here is important because i want people to remember this joe biden is president right mr Clyburn did the same thing on the behalf of obama uh reportedly uh, interjecting himself into the race, endorsing Biden over Bernie, even though his own state, uh, many of the endorsements uh, uh, of all of the local, un- all the unions in that state, a ton of the grassroots support was for Bernie and he pushed against. Now, I want people to just remember this because this is them showing right now, like this fight is not over. There is going to be no unification with the Democratic Party as far as electoralism goes. We're still gonna try to snipe people that come in, even if it isn't a winning shot. Even if we can't get the headshot, we're gonna try to body you up a little bit. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna set the standard. We're gonna we're gonna set the precedent that uh, people like Nina Turner and you know Killer Mike or anyone who says things that we don't like about the party will forever be an enemy. And that that's basically what this is. Yeah, it's a shot across the bow. They know it's not gonna hit the boat. But they're letting them cannons sh- uh, ring off. That's basically what they're doing here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's what it is. And, you know, when I saw it come in uh, on on my uh, breaking news, I don't even know why it was breaking news. Um, But the first thing I thought about is Ramon is going to fucking eat this up. <laughs> Bro, I, I love saw Nina Jim. Turner, Cl- dude. I saw the name Jim Clyburn in North's <laughs> big pharma-backed candidate. Bro, I, I um, love
0: Nina Turner, dude.
1: Yeah, I. I mean, what's not to love? She's tenacious. She doesn't take any shit. None. Um, she was unlucky not to. Didn't she? What did she run for last time? That she
0: no, twenty fourteen. She ran for Secretary of State of Ohio. <laughs>
1: Um, right. But this last campaign for Bernie, she was, she was, you know, she spoke at a number of things I watched. You know. Just on a side note, did I read something in Axios that people are turning on Bernie Sanders? Have you, pe- have you re- read on that? Ooh. Like they were saying progressives are, are gone c- and sour on Bernie Sanders. Let me see if I can find yeah,
0: it. Yeah, I mean, I, I can tell, I mean, I, you know me, I consume a ton of leftist media. The So that's been like, as soon as there, there's sort of two camps, right? Like people who were like neck deep in politics on the left. And when I say the left, I mean like democratic socialist and left from there. Um, There's a ton of people who felt forgone by Bernie because he, you know, we talked about it. He played the only card he had left after he lost, which was, okay, I'm going to work with you. I will poke you in the media Mm -hmm. if you don't. There are a bunch of those people who are just mad, basically, and said, oh, Bernie sold out because he didn't really make any demands, right. um, which I disagree with. There has been plenty of little things that he's still been whole. And the reason he's able to go so negative against Joe Biden with a lot of his, uh, you know, the infrastructure plan, for example, the $15 minimum wage, a lot of that's because Bernie, when he uh, uh, it's reported again, Bernie hasn't said this out loud because he never will, because that's not the kind of politician he is but there's been people who were in his camp at the time when he uh, uh conceded where all those things i just named were uh requirements of him dropping out you know they were they mm-hmm. were concession requirements so that proves that that's why bernie is able to attack joe in that way and no one in the party really says anything about it because they it's an it's an understood thing now right i think that those people don't have the depth of political i don't want to call it knowledge fortitude insight (laughs) to understand when a a politician's lifespan has run its course and that is the case for bernie like what more do you well he sold out for us man what more do you want from this guy
1: well here's what it says in in the axios that i came across um, it says, three factors are fueling the shift. Some feel that he's not pushing President Biden far enough to the left anymore. Some believe his time at the movement uh, movement leader has simply passed, which you're saying. Some fear trying their brand tying their brand to Sanders is a gift to opponents to weaponize in crowded primaries or in general elections. And they're instead weighing the merits of aligning more directly with Biden. Now, even some of Sanders' closest allies like Nina Turner, his 2020 campaign co-chair, who's running in a hotly contested August 3rd Democratic primary for a special election in Ohio, which we've just been talking about, mm-hmm. haven't been running with his endorsement front and
0: center. He, he, she is endorsed by Bernie, by the way.
1: Yeah, but uh, what they're saying is it hasn't been front and center. She hasn't been kind of... Well, she, but she, she hasn't needed to pull that card. She's washing everyone. Exactly. She's, <laughs> she's, she's fuck up 50%. She's washing polls, everyone. Right? For what? Uh, what they're saying. When I'm knocking door to door, people aren't asking me about endorsements, Turner tells Axios. <laughs> the race that I'm running is about Ohio, District 11, and I'm the one running this race. Turner is running on Sanders' liberal agenda, but not his name. The Senator and I are still close. We forged a strong relationship and we still have to this day. Jeff Weaver, a longtime Sanders aide and consultant to Turner, said in a statement, the progressive movement is in a period of maturation. Progressives have shown that they can inspire voters and win a state after state as Bernie did in 2016 and 2020. Now they're showing they can govern in an effective and principled way in coalition with more conservative elements of the party. I disagree with that. All fair.
0: That's, that's not true. But um.
1: Okay, so here's the interesting part that ties all of this to it. Um, Turner's political dilemma is more complicated. Aides and backers tell Axios that part of the ca- calculation around Sanders is actually the fact that Ohio's 11, 11's voters overwhelmingly embraced Biden last year. In a crowded primary... They don't want to give Turner's opponents any easy ways to argue that her ties to Sanders would pit her against Biden or make her unwilling to work with more moderate Democrats. But I mean, that the case in point is what Jim Clyburn is trying to do right now. Sure. Uh, he recently got involved in Turner's race to endorse one of her opponents. Instead of making the endorsement about Brown, Clyburn seemed to take his frustrations with some progressive colleagues out on Turner. Um, and he, they just quote the New York Times basically what you just said.
0: Sloganeering. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Medicare for all isn't, it's a policy, dickhead. That's not sloganeering. And that's the yeah. first thing he said. We're, we're talking about rehauling our fucking ancient, just dusty in the ass medi- medical system in this country. And he's calling it sloganeering. I mean, that's really incredible. I just, yeah
1: it, he's dusty too. yeah
0: but no the, the, my like to finish button up my thought on that with the Bernie thing like perfect exa- pattern me and you doing the show right now right like we took a week off this is a lot of work we got kids you know what I mean like imagine yep. being the lodestone for all liberal hatred representing democratic socialists and anyone to the left of them for five years and you're about to turn 80 in September Anyone who Mm -hmm. has more expectations of this man is wildly unrealistic. He's doing exactly what the situation calls for. He came through. He was grand from from Lord of the Rings. He was the hammer from hell that blew the fucking doors of Minas Tirith open. Okay? Mm -hmm. For all you Lord of the Rings fans out there. He blew that motherfucker open. And now all these leftists came pouring in behind him. And what do you do after that? you move out of the fucking way and let them be who they are, okay? Yep. You can't, he's he's not, it's too late. He, he. listen, he was literally like, um, I, I don't know, any other architect, I don't want to say Gandalf because like, he was a wizard and that's what I just did a Lord of the Rings reference, but like any <laughs> other like old, like he, folks, that was his last of his life essence he had. Do you know how much yeah. work this man has done in the last five or six years? And you have the nerve to be like, he's a sellout?
1: He planted the tree that he'll never sit under the shade it's of. It's
0: ridiculous. It's and the thing is I get where it comes from. It's what we talked about. It's the frustration of feeling like okay, yeah, I agree he did a bunch of good stuff, but like nothing changed. I agree. Yeah, it's not, but you know what? It's because there's an entire machine we have to dismantle nut by bolt by nut by bolt
1: that you're seeing in operation yeah, in this Nina Turner race. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly,
0: man. Like you can't yeah. you can't put it all on one person and that's like a huge failing of the Amer- American political perspective in general. Is mm-hmm. sure I rail on Biden, I rail on Clyburn, I rail on uh, Mansion, but again, I'm doing that from a place of, and what do I always bring it back around to? Like, I'm railing at what the the ideology they've been steeped in that created them. That's the whole point. That's the whole point, and that's what Nina brings it back to. That's what Bernie always brought it back to. It wasn't about him, not me, us, right? That was his thing. The reason he did that was because it wasn't about him. It's not. It's not about any one individual. It is about changing Mm -hmm. minds and hearts around what we think change needs to be done. You know what I mean? And so whatever. I I don't even know. That's the thing. Like, how are they going to write that headline? Who's frustrated with them then? Like no one of any prominence. It's just people on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, it's it's
1: the reality. That's all it is. Yeah. And the people who are frustrated with Bernie are the people who are always frustrated with Bernie, those establishment politicians who want to not have something like Medicare for all.
0: Last I checked, he's still the most popular politician in the country. So,
1: yeah. Okay. And he talk about a change agent in terms of politics in the last fucking eight years.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you you know, I I disagreed with, he didn't have the greatest political instincts while in electoral runs, but he did, he does understand political strategy. He, He made almost every chess move correctly outside of electoralism, I would argue.
1: And much, much in the same vein as, as, uh, you know, India Walton, you know, and obviously he did it first, but he was unapologetic for what he ran on. He didn't try to fucking dodge in and out of these things. Mm -hmm. He was flat out what he wanted and what he said he wanted. Um, And, I mean, that's why I remember the excitement I got around Bernie Sanders in in 2015 when I started, like... You know, I knew of him, but his, his... The magnetism was around that campaign, and when I started listening to his speeches and listening to what he was talking about, there was no you know there was no like you know sexy type of uh, slogans or anything like that it was just a real dude talking about you know kind of curmudgeon-y talking about fucking things that he couldn't understand were still a thing mm-hmm. and why you know why this wasn't uh why people weren't having medicare for all and shit like that um yeah i mean i i love bernie there's no two ways around it um and and you know, it is sad that he's the age that he is, that, it, you know, he is coming to the end of all that. But his legacy is is something that's written into American folklore. Now, I don't care what anybody says. Oh, absolutely. Um,
0: Regardless of how history views him, because the victor will probably, the course we're on, inevitably be a neoliberal writing that history. Um, yeah. The people who lived it will know, and it will be, like you said, it will be folklore. It will be passed on. There will be people in other countries telling their children about how a man, an old Jewish man from Brooklyn, tried his hardest to stop America from fucking up. He, he I tried his darndest because he had in, he did he had international support, bro. was not nobody fucking, uh, you know, hopefully cheering on Hillary Clinton from European countries that wasn't like a white collar person making 250 grand a year. You know, no, we knew no, she was a warmonger. What's that? We knew the no, I, I know. And that she was a People that, smell that. That's my point. That's what I'm saying. Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: Like what, I'm saying. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> what? Nah. Yeah. That means that means legacy is, uh you know, uh, fucking pristine in my opinion. And I'll de- yeah. I, I would debate anyone on any of those points about oh he failed here, he failed there, and it's like yeah, you know what? People make mistakes, but at the end of the day, right. the guy had the right idea and the grand strategy of the game, and
1: he, he yeah. I, and he's been singing the same fucking tune, and he's voted. Pretty solidly his entire career. Uh I'd put his voting record against anybody mm-hmm. for the most part. It's, it's, on the certainly main, in the Senate. On the big issues. It's Certainly, certainly yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Senate. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Yes.
0: Without a doubt. But yeah. Um <laughs> but yeah, all right. So here you wanna I got you wanna do Biden infrastructure as the last one here?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's ring that out
0: and fucking. Oh man. I don't want to even really do business. this, but we ca- it's huge. I don't so we either. have to this is gigantic. This is a huge, well, especially since we touched on it so much. Like, we touched on, like, the the lead up to the talks about it. We talked about his plan he actually released. And now we're all the way down to the capitulation phase, folks, for anyone who's yep. uh, in finance. Uh, <laughs> that, that's where we're at. We're at capitulation. We we had our boom. We had our boom cycle. We all, uh, the, the crypto boom happened. We had our 50% shot up. And now, uh,
1: keep going. I'm just trying to fix my camera. It's kind of weird. Oh, I
0: got you. All right. So yeah, folks, anybody who's been following along of our coverage of the Biden infrastructure plan, um, it took some huge steps back recently this past week. Um, this has been a slowly trickling story, um, across like the last five or seven days, something like that. I'm losing track of time because we haven't recorded in a couple weeks, but, um, the new infrastructure plan, which was, you know, Biden made plenty of statements uh, a couple weeks ago where he was talking about, oh, it needs to be bipartisan. That was the main goal. Um, you know, but oh, and 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 it's important to remember here the context before we get into the actual breakdown here is he's he initially said that his goal was for it to be a bipartisan compromise, but there needed to be a reconciliation bill to follow it up. That was basically what his demand was on Congress, okay? Then it turned out that you know he they had the little what were they called? There's like all these gangs. There's like the gang of 21 for one bill. I think it was like the gang of 10 for this one. Gang of eight. Yeah, yeah, I think it was the gang one. of 10 for this one with Romney and nine other Republicans. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Um, that was after uh, Biden was negotiating with, I believe it was Marsha Blackburn, um, and that fell through. <laughs> Just good luck. A whole bunch of fucking bullshit strung out across the entire month of June, but now we're here and the new plan is. One point only, one point two trillion dollars total, with only five hundred twenty-nine billion dollars in new spending, and the shortfall, uh, or the gap between those two numbers, is being taken from his only legislative victory, Democrats' only legislative victory so far this year, the stimulus legislation, uh, leftover money, leftover money. So it's already appropriated, and the reason this is important, folks, is typically when there's a huge package of something that goes through in the same year and it's your party's legislation you don't want to have to dip back into that to compromise with republicans and be like okay I won't spend as much I'll use a little bit of the money you let me use last time that's a so huge power move right there off off jump off jump from republicans like that they actually whittled this man down to yeah, you're only getting five and a half billion assholes and you're going to, if you want anything else, it's going to come out of your, uh, stimmy kitty we never voted for in the first place. Mm-mm-mm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so it would only make a dent in the country's infrastructure investment shortfall, despite the fact that it might be, this is also from the times, by the way, uh, despite the fact that it might be the last chance Democrats have to do anything about the issue for years. Um, and actually let me correct that. That is not, that's, that's not true. Uh, this is actually from, uh, the nation. Um, So this new infrastructure bill is promising to spend one hundred and twenty five billion a year on climate for eight years. So one twenty five every year for eight years. Um, It falls short of the one trillion dollars organizations like the Roosevelt Institute have estimated needs to be spent annually for the next decade to prevent unimaginable climate catastrophe, which we've all been witnessing in the news for the last week now. And we'll probably touch on it. I know I feel kind of bad that we didn't talk about that this week because it was huge, but I'm sure it'll keep on. <laughs> it's, it's it's summer, so it's going to keep being wild. We can yeah. we can talk about it any time. Um, First hurricane just
1: hit today too, Elsa.
0: Yeah. So so uh, and according to you know the Roosevelt Institute and many other think tanks that have put out these projections, this is actually not even a half measure. It's an eighth measure uh, by the by that math. One twenty five billion instead of the one trillion per year. Um, And and then meanwhile, regarding the actual threat of climate change of things that Biden promised uh, on the campaign trail and in his first initial rollout of uh, his infrastructure plan, the deals include uh, includes um, nearly 100 billion for clean energy projects, um, and it excludes the clean energy standard originally proposed. So that's important because if you guys remember when we first broke down this uh, infrastructure bill, like. I think it was like, what was it? Like, it was like a hundred billion alone just for like highway, uh, like charging stations and shit. And now we're at, Mm -hmm. oh, it's going to be just a hundred billion for clean energy projects, like period. So we're, we're talking about like severe reduction. This is combined with the fact that this is not being, the, the, the deal wasn't accepted where it was like, oh, we want this one point, whatever trillion and the reconciliation bill afterwards, which Didn't even make sense as a negotiating principle in the first place because you're basically saying to them, you want you have to deal with me on this infrastructure plan, this first one we do, this first bill, and then we're going to go do one on our own after. As if they care about that second part. That doesn't even make Mm -hmm. any sense. I, I don't, we didn't, we weren't on to talk about that when that happened last week when he came out and like made that threat. But I just, it's not a threat. That doesn't even make any sense. That's like. That's like telling your girlfriend, like, "Oh, we'll have sex tonight," but like, oh, but "I'm gonna jerk off after" or something. Like, it has nothing. To, <laughs> it has nothing to do with her, it, right? Am I? Am I? Yeah. It, it has nothing to do with her. Like that threat meant nothing. I don't understand. What? <laughs> what <laughs> That's a great analogy. I just, I don't get it. But <laughs> yeah, I'm almost... I mean, <laughs> go ahead.
1: I I'm so annoyed by. I'm so annoyed, but not surprised by this. I mean, we've we've literally talked about this since the first uh, mention of infrastructure after the the second or the the most recent American Rescue uh, Act. Yeah.
0: And what was the number that it originally started out at? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was like two point. It was high two, high two trillions. I believe like two and it's, something like that
1: all this time whittling it down. And and in the midst of all that, you have Mitch McConnell saying, you know, what he says. And it was just, it was pathetic to watch from, you know, the Biden administration standpoint that they were kowtowing down to all demands, doing a lot of this pomp and circ fucking bringing guys into his office, thinking he's going to get stuff done, which, I mean, uh, granted, you want to have conversations with the other side, but only if you, fucking think you're actually negotiating. This is not a negotiation. Nope. This is a shakedown. Absolutely. It's a shakedown. And at the end of it, and, you know, I, I, this might be a leap, but um, we all know America's infrastructure is fucking shit Absolutely. right now. And case in point, I mean, I know it's a private uh, a condo, but what we saw in Florida, yeah, that that type of shit is going to happen to public roads, to you know buildings, you name it. Bridges. We just watched. The, we watched a bridge. A uh, bridge uh, had is- uh, structural yep. issues like a couple weeks ago. Uh, and you you tie that into what's happening with climate change. All this stuff is weakening this infrastructure even further, and there's no sense of
0: urgency with any of this. And, and the important thing here, too, Cat Patter, is this is basically from everything I read on this today, trying to like play full catch up because I, I like you said, I, I was like, oh, I don't even want to read about. it. Yeah, I didn't want to either. This is basically the exact same plan Trump fo- put forward on, mm-hmm. t- on spending levels and the most important part that we can pivot into right now where there's a ton of language in here about public-private partnerships. And uh, I believe this is a new term I learned uh uh today reading about this what is it called what is it called it is called asset recycling which is a process through which governments and municipalities sell their existing infrastructure at a steep discount to private entities in order to fund new infrastructure because
1: uh, it's like it's like vulture funds basically
0: yeah so because the important point is here also what i forgot to mention at the top of all this description is there's no 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 no, no corporate tax rate folks no corporate tax mm-hmm. hike that also got scrubbed out of this so yeah. and remember what that was like the main thing that was like we, we talked about this that was like his main thing i was like why are you doing this why yeah. why are you doing this attached to infrastructure it doesn't even make any sense you're mm-hmm. guaranteeing that they're going to be like nope if your goal even was bipartisanship why are you going to be like I'm going to pass an infrastructure bill, but I'm going to make sure I tie corporate tax hikes to it. Like, what yeah. the fuck? It doesn't even... This was always a reconciliation bill from jump, from jump. We just wasted three fucking months of me having a high bl- uh, blood pressure rate and a bunch of talking <laughs> heads wasting their fucking time doing media analysis on a bunch of shit that was never going to happen. That's yeah. all That's all this was. That's all this was. Fucking shell game for us to come down at the end of all this shit to uh, uh, 529 billion bitch ass dollars in new spending, uh, Mm -hmm. all, all to fall down to, oh, we're going to sell infrastructure to private companies. Um, which here, uh, another great thing I found, you guys want a little taste of what that actually looks like this, uh, uh, um, so here in the city of Chicago, they pulled some shit like this back in 2009 where they sold 36,000 parking meters to wall street led investor groups, um, taking back $1.15 billion for the city to plug budget holes. Now, Chicago drivers will pay approximately $11.6 billion over the 75 year life term of the deal to park and, uh, to park and fees are scheduled to rise as much as 800% over time. So that's what this shit looks like. Just, yeah. just to give you an example, because there is no other infrastructure that private, uh, entities will invest in unless it's something they can make money off. Yeah. So all we're talking about here is, uh, it's a use tax. This is no different than if Biden came out today and said, I'm going to do a $20 trillion tax plan, but you all have to pay $8 per gallon in gas. You're going to pay for it. Yeah, That's exactly what we're talking about here right now, except it's going to be through parking meters. It's going to be through toll roads. It's going to be through whatever bullshit these private entities end up snapping up and however they tax your ass and send you a private bill instead of the government sending you one. That's all this right. is. That's yeah. all this is. So oh, seven hundred and
1: fifteen billion infrastructure bill after all this fucking back and forth. That that's what the house passed. I can't believe but I can believe. Um and <laughs> I, just, I, I, I
0: don't
1: <laughs> we've said it i think in the last fucking four or five episodes. I've I've finished the podcast with me being just like
0: <laughs> just after we talked it through i'm like what the fuck yeah man That was just continue to happen um and i mean and this is folks this is why like anybody who's been on this journey the whole time and like you know i'm probably i i, I think i'm like somewhat like as far as all the people i know political minded people i know personally like i'm pretty left right but for the most part like i feel like a lot of people who've been on this journey with me especially folks who i met this year Like, yeah, I probably seemed like a crazy guy, whatever, but it's like, yo, we've had the crystal ball this whole time. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what, this is what was going to happen. Because if you peeled the layers back and saw all the language that was being put in, all the exceptions, all of the, the caveats, all the mea culpas that were laid at our feet around all of these giant plans that were being called for after Biden won his presidency. I'm just saying like, it wasn't that surprising. And here... I mean, I'm I'm done with this. I can't even talk about this shit anymore. But I, I have on this topic, I have like the perfect cherry on top if you want real quick. Um, Do it. So just to give perspective on how insane some of these folks who are in power politically in our country and how honestly, just cynically, uh, a lot of people in our media are on this topic of, of infrastructure and how little fucks they give. Consider this headline from USA Today. Quote, bipartisan infrastructure deal would give a bigger boost to the economy than Biden's plan. The first paragraph, quote, the bipartisan infrastructure deal that President Joe Biden embraced last week would add hundreds of billions of dollars to the economy by 2050. In contrast to the economic drag of his original proposal, according to (laughs) a new analysis, the difference is the corporate taxes that Biden proposed raising when he laid out his initial infrastructure plan, which are not a part of the bipartisan agreement. Biden argued his proposal would create good jobs and strengthen the economy while making corporations pay their fair share. But economists at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton, <laughs> I do declare Wharton. Uh, yeah. Uh, they, At they, uh, Wharton School, they calculated that the higher taxes would decrease firms' incentives to invest and disincentivize saving by households. So, Look at how fucking sick in the mind these people are that they're trying to spin this positively like, oh, well, the bipartisan plan is actually good for the economy. Folks, when we're talking about infrastructure, you know what good for the economy means? It means shitty for you. It means shitty for you. That's what it means. Infrastructure isn't about turning a profit. It's not supposed to be for that. That's not the point. But, But look, this is manufactured consent right here, right in front of your face. Because the media understands that this has to be spun. This has to be because Democrats just spent the last three months telling you about their grand plans and how phenomenal they were and how awesome they were. They beat Trump. They spun Georgia. They did all these things.
1: Do we have a quote from
0: the uh, communications director yet on this? Or I, I got I got nothing from the White House. Not in any of the articles yeah. I read. Nothing. I mean, They're not even. I don't, I don't think anybody's I, even asking. Who cares? <laughs> none of these people care. They don't care. I just, it's amazing. Uh, oh yeah, and the last sentence there in that quote, it would disincent it would decrease firms' incentives to invest. No one was asking any firms to invest in infrastructure at all, ever, at any point mm-hmm. in this process. No one was. Not until this bipartisan deal came up, where they started talking about selling assets to private comp- government ass- assets to private companies, and then disincentivize saving by households. Folks, I thought we were in inflation. What do you mean? No, we don't want anyone to save. We want everybody to spend their money. Right? Savings. The Turn problem. off your ACs. Yeah, what are you, (laughs) this doesn't even make any sense. Saving by households was a big part of what led to the inflation. You were all just crying about a month ago in USA Today, Wall Street Journal, New York Times. What happened? What changed? Wait, Wharton, aren't you like, aren't they like the top law school or something? One of them?
1: Business school, yeah. Aren't they like
0: an Ivy? So what is this? This doesn't even make any sense. There's no political analysis in this. This is just straight up like, I'm a numbers person and uh, the economy getting a boost is good. Like
1: Yeah. (laughs) And you know what's I can't. you know what's I can't. really oh, man. infuriating by all this as well is that like how much time have we spent talking about infrastructure now since infrastructure week when was that like fucking nine months ago <laughs> was that nine months ago I feel like it was <laughs> I, I don't even know infrastructure year um, oh but like this God. was one of the big things as as like his agenda what what else were some of the big ticket items on his agenda. Dude, there was I like... Yeah, but I don't there was I don't know what he's going to plan to roll into next, that he thinks he's going to
0: fucking get some, you know, bipartisan... Well, I mean, the the big concerning thing is there's no talk of a reconciliation bill after this. Like, <sighs> I, the, everything I read, there's no statement from the party or Joe about what they're in. Like, like I said, with my whole joke with the girlfriend and the after thing, <laughs> like... They're they're not even saying that anymore. So it's like, well, are you still
1: doing that? Like, what's happening? He's too guys? busy bombing. Didn't he bomb Iran this week too, or Iraq? Yeah, we didn't. Afghanistan even that. or Syria, One Syria. 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 One of them.
0: Syria, yeah, Iraq. Yep. Um, man, bro, I just yeah. You try to give a guy some props, and it's just like, man, this ain't this ain't great. This ain't it, folks. This ain't it. I mean, I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna call it right now. If there is not a reconciliation, I don't care what it's for. I don't care if it's for voting rights. I don't care if it's for the infrastructure bill. I don't care what it is for $15, whatever. If there is not an infrastructure bill done. And I mean, done like passed at least in the house. Through reconciliation before the end of September. The this is, that's it. Yeah. Like game set match. That's it. Yep. They're going to lose the house,
1: the Senate and the presidency next time around.
0: that's it. Yeah. That's it. Because like we talked about on an earlier podcast, uh, there will be a wild budget fight this year. The government will be shut down, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Uh has been for five years in a row. And that'll that'll be um, Republicans by design doing that. To do sure. this is all a tactic.
1: Yeah. A successful fucking one. I'm starting to sound Absolutely. like you over here. I'm fucking shouting.
0: <laughs> Bro, I'm not <laughs> I can't I
1: you've don't know. No, I don't know. You have no shouts any left anymore.
0: in you after this i don't know what to say anymore yeah. because honestly it's like you know you try to be you try to be optimist you try to break things down for what they are but then it, it almost feels disingenuous of me sometimes to be like oh you know i think he can do that
1: we gotta we gotta do a movie review next week i can't
0: yeah we. i i, well, I, I think we should just hit some straight foreign topics we, gotta, we gotta, gotta leave Ameri- up We you got, know we gotta get on a boat and sail away from america i was while, going bro. to
1: suggest uh, in our pre production call this is a hundred years of the the uh the communist party in china
0: oh yeah the china's thing I was reading about yeah
1: a hundred years old, and you know I was reading about it I was listening to um some podcasts on it too, and you know you know pragmatic approach like obviously the position that China is in right now and not to not to go into that but like Comparing China to America right now and the strength of China versus America right now is incredible. Now, I'm not saying that China is right on everything and that it's doing, but in terms of Xi Jinping being in a fucking position of strength as opposed sure. to America right now, there's something to be said for... He's able to stand there in front of you know all his party members and say... Us, at 100 years of age, uh, the Communist Party, here we are, strong. They've successfully tackled coronavirus to this point, no matter what you say, or the origins of it, obviously we know where it came from, but uh, everyone is kind of doing the party line over there to, uh, you know, success. You look at, but then he was able to, like, contrast it with what, what has happened in America. Republicans, Democrats can't agree on fucking anything. Their elections was a mess. You know, he just went down the line of it. And, you know, it's much like where America pits itself against China and tries to pit China as the enemy. You know, for for lack of a better word, there's, there's jealousy amongst the two of them too. It's like... It's it's interesting, and I think we should do a foreign topic that we don't fucking talk about America for once because we are singing the same tune when it comes to the the party politics. That you know, no matter what the fucking issue is, Um, and it's interesting to look at something like you know, we we talked about what's happening in France. You talked about what's happening, and I mentioned, uh, you know, what's happening in Germany, which very interestingly, if you do want to uh, take a look at that episode on, on, from Frontline, I watched about 20 minutes of it last night. And, you know, the, the people in Germany are worried as well, and it, it kind of speaks to what you were saying, what's happening in France as well. It's very interesting. But uh, I think we should. I think we should kind of <laughs> steer away from some of these American topics for yeah, next call, week.
0: Uh, just for context, folks, we were having a call, pre-production call the other day. Uh, a, a, a thousand active military in France signed on to a letter where a bunch of ex-generals were basically threatening to coup the government. Uh, because like, they were like, you're not right-wing enough. hmm and if you don't think France is serious about
1: that, the word coup is French.
0: Yes. <laughs> They're the OGs of coups, dog. Yeah. Like Yeah, you know. Um yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that yeah, we should we should make a pivot cuz there there's a ton of great stories mm-hmm. uh um, you know, for my I just I felt handcuffed this week because it was like, you know, so many of these things had crossover with things we talked about in the past. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, the Nina Turner story was a bright spot. I think that's just funny, yeah. Uh, because she's dunking on everyone, like I, no matter what they do, she's gonna, she's probably gonna right.
1: Win. And I had no um, desire to talk about, um, fucking the district of New York, Southern District of New York, fucking putting charges with the Trump, uh, no, Trump organization, because all that is is you know, fucking resistance think they're getting a, a you know a, a win.
0: It's a busy box. Yeah, for them. it's it is, it's, it's, and it, it's like a little Rubik's cube for them to do. And it'll be on um, CNN
1: and MSNBC and and all this thing, yeah. but it doesn't really matter. It Doesn't really yeah, matter. Worst in, case, in, in worst in case way, scenario, we'll
0: Weiselberg pays fines. No one's going to prison. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. yeah. There, folks, the days of like, oh well, they got Al Capone for you know, that's not no. We're in another. And he's not now.
1: gonna. No, he's it, not gonna flip on Trump.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, it's
1: just. Yeah. Let's do, yep. let's do a, a different country next week.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm for that, bro. We can, you know me, I'll dive in anything. You send me something, I don't know nothing about we can talk about. And, and just a heads <laughs> up, folks.
1: I'm going to Ireland this month. Hey. So I might do, uh, I'll bring the mic maybe. We'll do a uh, cross channel, uh, across the ocean, uh, foreign and domestic. I'll be on there the beat. Go. I'll be on the street with the fucking camera or on the,
0: with the microphone. Be like Ramon Mile.
1: Reporting night yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you're gonna uh, uh you're gonna have the back the rolling hills the backdrop there yeah, I might
1: I might have uh some rolling hills might have uh some city action, you never know
0: there you go fishing you go, man. yeah, I'm excited. But yeah, yeah you got to at least you got to at least do some stuff that uh, we we can clip up for the show. Well, I'm, you know, even if I end up doing a solo stream, I'll, I'll pull some of your social stuff off and let the viewers experience the
1: well, in all seriousness, I'm and I said it to you, I'm interested to talk to, to people because, mm-hmm. you know, Ireland had one of the most and still had one of the most intensive lockdowns of of any country. So I want to hear actually how people feel because we're at that point now in lockdown, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, is that, you know, it, people are over it one way or the other, yeah. uh, whether you're for masks, against masks, you know, the the fatigue is real now. Um, and shit's about to open up again. You know, there's people talking about the Delta variant. And I saw Johnson and Johnson said that it's it's successful against the Delta variant that a company um research has found. Just saw that today.
0: But we Is won't it, did they revise it yeah, because we... the initial study said it was poo. It must have been revised
1: because <laughs> it, it came up today. Okay. But we won't get into that. That'll that's another fucking whole episode as well. <laughs> Shit. But uh yeah, so that was episode twenty. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty pretty ride. sure the whole twenty episodes they were negotiating the infrastructure bill, were they?
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean almost. Well, to be fair, I think we started in like February, so not not quite. not quite, but almost not quite. Yeah, not quite. Shit, I'm gonna need to go get
1: some beers. The weekend has landed. <laughs> Any plans for the weekend, Ramon? Doing nothing?
0: Um, you know, just a little fourth celebration with the in laws. Oh yeah, uh, nothing too. The
1: Fourth of July <laughs> is this. I'm yeah. I'm uh, I'm doing some concrete work tomorrow.
0: Nice. There you go. Oh, yeah, because
1: I I wasn't able to go today, so I said, fuck it, I'll uh, I'll do Saturday instead finish at 9.30. Some Saturday hours. Yeah. Don't tell the government. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> all right. Well, I got nothing else left of me.
0: Yeah, I mean, they all spent, man. Yeah.
1: It was good stuff. Yeah. Have a good 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. Or if you're in the 1616 project... <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, i won't
0: go there either uh, <laughs> oh yeah yeah guys Now that it's out now if you missed the last live go back and check on spotify we did we had a little uh critical race theory chop up uh yeah I, you know, we, we got into it. Is episode I feel is like episode 19?
1: Episode 19 is an hour. the war on drugs one.
0: Oh, it's not. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. The 8, 18 had critical race theory. Yeah, It was the Ilhan Omar and all that. Oh, the war on drugs one, I'm like very close to putting out right
1: now. I just right. It up. And the critical race theory, uh, you know, even since we talked about it, I've seen so much more shit about people just not understanding... What it is, and the right are having a feel they thinking they know what it is and trying to like characterize everything (laughs) as critical
0: race. It's wild. Well, I mean, that's why I tried to couch it that way in the episode when we talked about it. I was like, yeah, I mean, like I've listened to dozens of people talk about this. I've read a ton of stuff, but like, you know, I didn't take a course on this shit. You know what I mean? But it's one of those things I don't really think you need to, especially if you like, again, like I said, if you have the framing of like the true history of America. Yeah, it's it's right there. It's not world shattering, it's right there. <laughs> yeah, right like well, yeah. There. Okay. You don't need
1: to critically think about it. It's like, yeah, you had right. things like redlining, you had things like fucking all these different things that structurally made it more difficult for certain races. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I got nothing absolutely. left, Ramon. Yeah, I'm all set. Buddy. All right,
1: peace, folks. Have a good weekend. Happy Fourth of July. Happy infrastructure year. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Wait, wait. <laughs> oh, shit.